Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Sessions with Cat, the podcast. I sincerely hope that everyone had a good week, that you stayed hydrated, that you've been resting, you're eating well, you're feeling well on all levels. And let's get into it. So today's podcast is not exactly what I had in mind, but I think it needs to be approached um, on all levels, not just the level that I'm experiencing at, experiencing this whole thing at. Um, so if you follow my YouTube, um, or if you paid attention to last week's podcast, um, Friday was my birthday. I've been, this is my 39th trip around the sun. <laughs> and uh, it is crazy. But that was Friday. And yesterday, Saturday, I found out while I was there, um, my mother passed away. And if you've been paying attention and following along, you know that most of my healing takes place on my maternal side. So before anyone goes and, you know, trying to get all deep into it and whatnot, I want to approach this because it this, let me say this, doing the podcast, doing my YouTube channel, posting on Instagram, even the things that I post on Facebook, which is more just personal. Um, it's my way of express, expressing what's going on mentally, emotionally. And like on my Facebook page is mostly memes um, because I don't have anything to post on there, right? Other than coffee memes <laughs> and um, some dad jokes, stuff like that. And the one I posted today, um, if, if you know me, okay, I am known for saying not today, Satan, right? What the one I posted today is says, okay, maybe today, Satan, right? Um, y- yesterday, I didn't, I didn't have coffee um, until I got to work. <laughs> and it was um, black coffee. Now, I like a little bit of cream in mine, but because we don't have cream that fits my dietary needs, I had to drink it black with like a pack of sugar in it. And because I don't like it super sweet. And it was good coffee, but something something was off, right? And as a psychic medium, as a shamanic practitioner, as a shaman, as a healer, teacher, whatever you want to, you know, all the labels, right? You, you just know something's off. And a week ago, I cut my hair off. And when I cut it off, it's just like I felt all these things detach from me. And it was all the stuff that I had been working on for years. I just felt it just let go. And when at the hospital, um, sitting with my uh, mother's husband and my niece he's explaining to me how everything led up to that point and about a week ago when I cut my hair 
she stopped eating and it's like she was preparing and I want to talk about that on a spiritual note on a physical note on an emotional note and all of that but I just kind of want to give you guys some backstory to it and it's crazy because I know how you know how it feels to prepare to die but I know it on a spiritual level now I also know it on a physical level because at the age of 16 I didn't want to live anymore because of all the trauma because of the the pressures that were on me and nothing was letting up and I was like I don't know that I'm gonna make it past this age so I was preparing I decluttered (laughs) because that's what I told everybody I was doing I was decluttering Um, I kept very minimal but no one noticed right no one noticed until I I spoke to a therapist and I told her what it did she goes you were preparing I said yeah I was and she said but you made it past that age I said I know it's shocking right but I realized I was going through an emotional death not necessarily a physical one my mother was preparing for a physical one and everybody's asking me am I okay and the truth is it is bittersweet um I, I don't hate my mother and so I don't want you guys thinking that I don't hate her I never did um I just don't like her um I I wasn't properly raised by her I raised myself and also helped raise my siblings so I just don't have the connection that my siblings have with her in regards to her death. But if you also know, if you've also been paying attention, I've been mostly put in charge of going to her home, making sure she was okay, making sure she was taking her medicine, making sure her home was clean. And it it was a lot, right? The sweet part of her death is I no longer have to do that. The bitter part is I prepared and am still preparing myself for the death of the relationship between myself and my siblings, most of my siblings that are my mother's children. And I don't think us who have dealt with trauma in a family dynamic, and this doesn't exclude um, trauma that happened outside of family. I'm only speaking from the family dynamic. So don't think I'm excluding anyone. It's just, this is the perspective I'm coming from right now. Um, you can prepare for it. And you can continue preparing for it, but you won't be fully prepared. And where I am right now, I am prepared to no longer 
uh, speak to certain siblings. And I promise you guys, I'm okay with that. I don't wish them ill will. I don't wish anybody harm. It's just for my peace, it's best that I just kind of cut them off because they're only bringing stress. They're only bring, they're bringing everything that wants to pull me into a storm, a very chaotic storm. And I'm over here like, nah, kind of like where I'm at, right? And the part that I've been focusing on lately is in her death and preparing for certain things, uh, I want to talk about how to navigate it because a lot of us especially in uh, the black culture we have a lot of family trauma and so what happens is uh, it gets pushed under the rug no one pays attention no one cares or you just feel like it's never going to end and so we prepare to disassociate ourselves. However, we're preparing for the death of a relationship, not necessarily of a person, but of a relationship. For me, I've been preparing for this for years. I've been preparing for it since the day my mother started working for um, the job she previously had. I'm not going to mention it on here, but I've been preparing, preparing for this since then because I saw, I was like, she's going to get hurt on this job. I don't know when she's going to get it. And then she got hurt. And then things just started shifting. And then when my little brother died, I said, I don't see her continuing this path very much, you know, any longer um, because of the depression. Right. But things didn't change between her and my relationship. And so I prepared to let go of her completely. And so being down here in South Carolina, um, I've only been here not even two years yet. And still grieving the death of David and then now this. And everybody's like, are you okay? And if you know me, I will say I'm okay until I tell you I'm not. And I truly am okay. The heaviness is gone. I don't feel overwhelmed spiritually I feel like an orphan completely now I used to feel like an orphan then even though my dad and my mom was around I still felt like an orphan and my little sister used to call me orphan Annie a lot and it now makes sense but now it's it's a fact, right? You feel orphaned. And it's not the inner child. It's not the inner teenager. It's that inner adult that's comforting me, saying, no, we're good. We're going to be okay. We're going to walk through this. And I'm not afraid of being orphaned. I'm not afraid of letting go of family I'm not, I've never been afraid of it. I value family, but I can only value it 
if it has the right parameters for me to value it. And so moving into the actual conversation that I want to have with you guys, how do we navigate the death of a relationship? Um, There are many things that we can do to prepare for it. For me, it was cutting cords from past lives and this current life through that line, my maternal line, right? The last time cords were cut, a couple days later, I cut my hair and the final cords were cut. And I never felt more free on a spiritual, emotional, and mental level. Things just started falling into place. And I understood my role and what I do uh, professionally and for myself personally. And then this occurred. And it solidified what I had done. Now, don't y'all go being like, oh, cat, don't blame yourself. I'm not blaming myself for her death. Her health was declining already. I can't blame myself for that. I saw my mother's spirit dwindle. And she wanted it that way. Because if you know my mother, like if you've ever met my mother, so if any of you out there listen to this podcast and you've met my mother and you knew her from before, this woman, when she wanted something, she would go get it, right? My father was the same way. I am that way. But when she didn't want something, she wouldn't touch it. She wouldn't bother with it. And I just get the sense that she was tired. And that's okay. She was allowed that space to be tired. Okay. Um, Was my mother young? Of course. My mom was only 60 years old. Her 61st birthday would have been in September. And... I see how my siblings are handling it. They didn't prepare for this. I did. And when you're preparing for the death, physically, spiritually, emotionally, whatever level, it's, you have to think from all perspectives. You have to look at the whole thing from all perspectives. So what I did is, uh, I lit a candle for each of my siblings and I burned them separately. And this is little chime candles and I picked a color for each one, but for the most part, they were white, okay? Um, Because I wanted total healing from them. And for my younger sister and my older sister, I could just see that the relationship that we have now will end. And um, in a conversation with my sister, my older sister last night, I realized that it was okay to end. And I just let that be. For my brother, the the Irish twin, right? He's 11 months older than me. Um, I saw healing in the candle, but I didn't know in what way. And in talking to him, it's like, where 
reconnecting. It might not be as deep as it was prior, but we're reconnecting. And now my little brother has since passed away, you know, six, seven years ago. So I just lit a candle that, you know, if he's going to be the one to receive my mother, to receive her, right? So that those candles were done several months back because I saw the way her health was going and because of the uncertainty of the human spirit we don't know which way we're going to go so I lit those candles to be prepared I also made sure that I did cord cutting for myself and if you know uh, about my services I uh, went into the Akashic Records to see exactly, you know, what I've done in the past, even in past lives, and what I could do now, right? How can that help me now? So I cut cords, and that's where I ended up cutting my hair off. I've also come to terms with it was never going to be the family dynamic that I had prayed for. And that's the hardest thing to move through when you're navigating grief, when you're preparing for the death of a relationship, a person, anything like that. It's coming to terms with you're now never going to have that dynamic that you longed for. If it comes to the to a person dying, physically dying. That's the hardest part to move through because we hope, wish, and pray. We just like, you know, we'll say, oh, it is what it is, but it's not because, you know, the heart knows unconditional love. And so, and that's what we wish to have with family, right? And when you don't get to have that, and then you realize that things are about to break, you have to come to terms with your with that fact, right? So, um, for those of you out there who's had an overbearing mother, um, just experiencing trauma or anything of that nature, um, that's really heavy on the soul. Trying to come to grips with, she's never going to change. We don't, we don't come to terms with that, but we make peace with it. And there's a difference, right? Especially when you're navigating this whole process and you're preparing for this process. We don't come to terms with it because there's a part of us that's like, no, this person can change. There's potential. But we make peace with it in the sense that it's okay if this person doesn't change. It's not going to hinder my life any longer. That's the part but it takes a lot to get to that space. And where I am now, I'm in that space. That's why I said her death is bittersweet. And do I want to cry? No, I'm just more so silent now um, because I'm processing and preparing for this break. I've done all I can do prior to 
and now where I'm in, I am now, I'm preparing on the daily for what may hit me, right? And how I choose to protect myself, how I choose to uh, move through the struggles, right? Is it easy? No, absolutely not. Um, is it doable? Absolutely. Do I want to do it? Mm, but I have to, right? When you are preparing for this, when, when you're moving through the death and rebirth cycle, you can't prepare for the unknown. You can only prepare based off of um, previous experience and just having a general understanding of uh, the personalities and characters of the people you're about to break from, right? And you can do what you can for that part, but that unknown part is the part that really trips us up. It really puts us in a space where we're just like I don't know what to do I'm freaking out anxiety panic all of that comes in I can't prepare for the unknown so I never let that part bother me I don't have control over that can I see the possibilities of what are coming of course right it's part of being a psychic medium I can see it um But you don't know what to do with that emotionally or mentally or even physically until it actually occurs, right? You can foreshadow just a bit, but it's not going to be the same as until it actually occurs, right? And that's part of practicing mindfulness is that you're allowing your emotions to kind of remain stable. You're not reacting. Um, but you're responding as the event occurs, right? I feel like for me, in her death and in experiencing um, my siblings, uh, and I'm excluding my mom's husband from this because uh, he's not really part, like he wasn't around when we were younger. He was around after my father passed. So I can't really include him in this Um, So my siblings have been the way they are prior to him coming into the picture. But where I am in this journey and preparing for these breaks, these hard breaks, um, I'm making sure that I stay hydrated because I want my voice clear. I want my communication effective. And I want to be concise in what comes out of out of my mouth. So staying hydrated is key because you want your throat chakra in order. I'm also focusing on the colors red, orange, and yellow because my family dynamic is about to change. It has changed because my mother passed, but it's about to change even more. And I need my physical body intact so that 
I'm not feeling physically overwhelmed by all the changes that are about to take place. See, change is inevitable, right? And though we may not like change, we can prepare our bodies our in all, all aspects of our bodies for that change. And that's, uh, I also want you guys to take note of that. You can prepare your body for that, especially when you're getting ready to break or um, the, the death of a relationship um, or the, even the death of a person. You can prepare your body for it. For me, that's a lot of grounding. That's a lot of journaling. That's a lot of, okay, how am I going to put this into an art form? Right, I can create my wreaths, right? Um, but I create wreaths to sell, not to keep. So I'd rather sell wreaths than keep them. But my paintings, how can I take that energy and move it from my body so that my body's not harboring the hurt, the pain, the disruption, but I can put it somewhere and then let it go, right? when I write, when I paint, anything creative. As long as I can get that to flow through my hands and move out of my body, then then I'm okay, right? So it's preparing for that. Now, in preparing for that, I purchased paints. Uh, and that never came, by the way, thanks to fucking Amazon, um, delivering it to the wrong fucking place. Anyway, um... I now have to purchase more paint. Um, And I have the canvases. I have the brushes. I just need the paint now so that I can put what I'm feeling into some sort of display. And I can transmute it into something that brings joy rather than it brings pain. And through this process of death and rebirth and preparing for you, you are learning how to transmute, right? And transform that energy into something that's a lot more useful versus letting it beat you up because you can get lost in that, right? Smudging, blessing of the house. Um, I find myself at least every other week, I am cleaning my walls because your thoughts can stick to your walls and then it can make you feel like uh, you know things are closing in on you and get claustrophobic so I find myself cleaning the energy off the walls right um, taking my mop making you know special little cleaning blend and I'm going around this whole apartment and I'm cleaning all the walls because there's no way I'm gonna sit in that. I'm also rethinking um, relationships around me Um, friendships that I've made because if it's not conducive to my growth and to theirs because it has to be a two-way street um, I don't like one-sided relationships Um, then they they have to go right and if I feel like I'm not um, doing anything for them I have to go like I'm okay with acknowledging that I might be a problem right and and before y'all go into that, I can acknowledge where I was the problem in the relationship between my my mother and myself. 
However, I also know that I don't have a problem respecting authority until I'm disrespected. I hope that makes sense. So I will push back once I feel like, okay, you just disrespected me, especially if you're lying, right? Um, I understand where I might have been the problem, okay? And I have acknowledged that over the years. And I can accept that. And I made peace with that. And I'm okay with that. So nobody's going to guilt me with anything. Um, that, that I don't, that's going to, that's not going to phase me, right? But you have to navigate all of that. All of this is going to come up when you're dealing with the death of a relationship or a person, right? Guilt is going to be a big thing, especially when others want to guilt you into it. Especially when they want you to think like they're thinking and you just, you you can't shake that. Like you can't, let me, let me rephrase it. You can't move the way they move. You're moving the way that you're supposed to move. You process how you need to process. Grief affects us all differently, right? And when you're dealing with this and you're preparing for this, you're being proactive, whereas others become reactive. And in a lot of black households, when someone passes physically, we're more reactive than we are pro- being proactive. Because I tend to take the stance of being proactive, and that's just me as a person, um, and I've been preparing and things of that nature, it comes across negatively on my siblings because they think I have no emotions it's not that I don't have any emotions it's just that I'm in charge of my emotions I'm not going to let them run rampant but I also don't have the same connection they had with her right when my father died I let my my, my emotions flow the way that they needed to and I was greatly devastated because I was closer to my father than I was my mother right I was not as close to her as they think I was I am my duty is to be of service right so who am I to not show some type of human decency towards any living being right even though sometimes, you know, some humans can be garbage, that don't mean I have to be mean to them. That doesn't mean I have to treat them that way, right? Everybody deserves some type of support, right? But I prepared myself for this day. Did I know it was going to be coming while I was here in South Carolina? Yes. Did I think it would happen the day after my birthday? No. I want to celebrate the age of 39 with this? No, but um, I, I mean, you can't control something like that, right? But I'm grateful in that she took charge of her departure from this world, okay? Um, mainly because 
while she was alive these last few months. Um, it's like she didn't have any control of anything. Like her strength was so, she was so weak that she could barely lift a spoon. Um, she struggled. She struggled. And anytime I would see her, she would ask me for things that she was allergic to. So that told me she was trying to, you know, speed it up. But I would not allow her those things. I wasn't going to get her those things. Um, That just wasn't my style. But I'm grateful she was able to take charge somewhere. She found strength somewhere to take charge of how she wanted to leave this earth. And I think that is a proper reflection in preparing that you get to take charge of how you desire to move emotionally, mentally, physically through the process. If that makes sense, right? Other things you can do, you can um, build an uh, ancestral altar if that's your thing. Um, I have one, but it's... um, Y'all, you can judge me if you want to. I don't care. But don't judge me. Judge your mama. Um, She will not be going on it. Okay? Um, Mainly because the connection we had was severed. And it was solidified when she passed. So, uh, to go and bring that energy in, knowing that it doesn't need to be near me anymore, that would just be me putting myself through trauma all over again. Um, and just so you guys know, when um, when I was at the hospital with my niece and her husband, because they were there when she passed, um, I did make sure that um, a, a pastor came in and prayed over um, my niece and my mom's husband and also her body. Now, y'all probably like, you showed that much compassion? Yes. Okay. Because just because a person was not good to you or just because the way they, you know, they did you was just completely dirty or you don't have a, everybody deserves just a, just a prayer of release. And that's exactly what that pastor did. And I, I greatly thank them for that. Right. The coroner was even, um, was even grateful for it. Like it was, it was amazing. Right. And that led to more preparing because things came up and how we were going to handle her body and all that stuff. And then I had to prepare how I'm going to uh, say that to certain siblings. And the two, the two of the three took it, it, it in a way that I was not expecting. <laughs> I'll just say it that way. And that's how I came to realize that in my preparations, I have to prepare that there's going to be siblings I never speak to again. And I have to be okay with that. In your journey, there are going to be people that you have to essentially die from. You have to, that death, that relationship has to die. And you have to be okay with the fact that things will never be the same, right? 
that you can't go backwards and you may never speak to them again. That is hard because there's a part of you that wants to hold on to that relationship. Um, regardless if it's a friend, uh, you know, it could be a friend, a sister, anybody like that. Uh, there's a part of you that wants to hold on to it. What I'm saying is make peace with it before it breaks. Make peace with it before that relationship has to die. Because otherwise, you're going to walk around just heavily burdened, overwhelmed, because you're holding on to something that's potentially killing your spirit. And spiritually, you know, you can use cards, you can use you use whatever divination tool you want to, but it's sitting with your your whole team, right? It's sitting with your guide, sitting with what uh, whatever deity you go to. It's sitting with them and going, okay, help me through this. And being okay with asking for help. I'm grateful that I have a therapist, right? And we were also preparing for this as well. Um, especially considering that, like, um, how quickly my mother had become sick after my moving down here, right? Um, and you never know when someone's going to get sick, but um, having her strokes and then her health just declining from the multiple strokes. Um, I, I sat with my therapist an hour each week and we're like, okay, how are you going to move to this? Because right now you're a stable one. They're going to try to put this on you. And I'm like, I do not have the strength of Thor, but I have to somehow obtain it. Right. And I'm, you know, grateful for that. Right. So having a therapist works now, not everybody can afford a therapist. Um, if you have insurance, that makes it a little bit easier. Um, do I recommend it? Absolutely. Okay. If you're unable to afford one, we can find ways to, to get you the support you need. Right. Um, and I'm in the process of creating something so that those who cannot afford a therapist can have some sort of support group. Right. Um, but again, I have to move through this process, um, that's gonna take place over the next week, right? Because you guys know, um, funeral services or, you know, cremation services, whatever decides to be done, even though my mother wanted to be cremated, um, (laughs) you gotta get through the week, right? And you have to get through the aftermath of emotions that take place, you have to get through a whole lot of walls and a whole lot of locked doors and you have to find the key to get through the maze and the reality of it is you are the key because as soon as you touch that doorknob it should open right it may not open to what you like it to but it's going to open your eyes to what you need to see and what you need to let go of or what you need to keep and that is something I'm taking through, um, taking along with me as I navigate through this um, this new grief cycle, right? Um, well, grief slash healing cycle, right? And moving 
through the different stages of life. So I encourage um, all of you to really sit down with yourself. Figure out where you truly are in the whole journey. Um, Look at the relationships you have around you and figure out if they're conducive or not. And do any of those relationships need to die, right? And look at how attached you might be to it because that's an issue too, right? Looking at attachments, cutting cords, you name it. Like you can do candles to cut cords. Don't mean shit until you actually make peace with the fact that that cord needs to be cut. That's a biggie, right? And sometimes spirit will cut the cord for you, but you're going to still want to hold on. And that's where, that's what I mean by making peace with the cord needing to be cut. Okay. But pay attention to that, right? Pay attention to how you can release what you're feeling instead of holding it all the way in. Um, I'm, I'm known for holding it in because I don't typically like to burden other people with what's going on with me. Um, But it's also one of the reasons I now have a therapist, right? Um, Because I realize I can't keep holding it in. It's going to damage my body. It's going to... It could kill me if I allow it. And I'm not really ready to go. I still have much more um, chaos to spread around this world. Um, But, uh, you know, you have to... You have to do what you need to do to prepare for what you know. The unknown, you can't prepare for. You can prepare for what you know. And a lot of times what you're preparing for can help you with the unknown. But staying grounded, staying centered, um, just kind of being mindful of everything can help prevent those big sways and those big swings and um, and the the conversations and um, meetings with people that you you will encounter as you're getting you're as you're preparing or getting ready to for that death. So please keep that in mind. Now I know this podcast was kind of like all over the place, but the reality of it is, grief is not simple. There's nothing about the grief process that is simple. It's going to come however which way it needs to. It can come all at once. It can come in pieces. It can come in waves. It just, it comes how it needs to. Where you are in your healing journey also determines how you're going to process that grief. No matter how close or far away that person or that situation is to you, where you are in your healing journey will determine how you process that the death of that relationship that person um even walking away from a job is going to determine that so please keep that in mind as you're navigating also remember that your emotions are valid what you feel is valid and no one can tell you otherwise and you're allowed to process in your own time also make sure that as you're moving through these emotions and and 
the mental side of things. You're not conveying things to someone who doesn't know how to um, acknowledge properly what you're going through. Um, it, you know, you, you ever tell someone like, I feel like this and they just kind of look at you, they look at you funny. Um, d- stop talking to that person about what you're feeling because they don't understand. They can't comprehend. Right. Um, but you know, it's always nice to have a friend that does understand, or even a, you know, family member or what have you that understands the emotional roller coaster that comes to, comes into play when you're getting ready to let something go, when you're getting ready to move through something. So that's key, right? Um, and, and like I said, you can do all types of divination work, right? Go, you know, Akashic Records, Soul Retrievals, you name it. Um, but you still can't prepare for the unknown. And that's the harder part of dealing with grief, especially when it comes to preparing for the death of something because that is part of the grief cycle is preparing for it right um especially when you know it needs to happen so i encourage you guys to stay hydrated make sure you're eating well make sure you're meditating prayer um all of those things um you're getting proper rest that you are being kind to yourself that you're showing yourself the the absolute most self-care that you can show yourself um and you know get creative in it not everything has to be a list on a piece of paper right not everything has to be so artsy if you're typically an artsy person you might need to just write it down right and not be you know all artsy with it or creative with it is you know do the opposite of what you would normally do and sometimes that works out better right it's okay if no one understands what you're feeling or what you're going through all that matters is you process it the way you need to and I pray that it's all in a healthy way I pray that the boundaries you're setting and preparing for releasing something um, are healthy and they're strong and you you stand firm in them and I wish you all the brightest of blessings. Bye.